Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't going to tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. The other day, Kathy and Coy and I were, were looking through some old pictures that uh, that Kat, Kathy's mom had given her, and... Uh, I was looking through these old pictures, and, and uh, they were from, what, 15 years ago, probably, 20, some of them. And, and there were some pictures of, of, a, of, of a clinic that I'd gone through. It was the very first clinic I'd gone through uh, where, where Ray Hunt was the, the clinician. And so there was a picture, there were several pictures of me, but there was one with me on this cult, and, and Ray was in the picture, which was pretty cool. He's since passed on. But uh, uh, a lot of people ask me who, who kind of, who I follow or who, who taught me about horsemanship over the years. And, and I, I would have to say Ray is probably the biggest influence in my life between him and, the, and, and some of his students. Um, when I was younger, we, we, we started cults, but we, I didn't know what I was doing. And the old guys back then didn't really help you a lot. They, they sort of kept their secrets to themselves and... and let you learn by the school of hard knocks and then just laughed at you when you got bucked off. They didn't really, you know, help you. And a few of them would, would give you some tips, but they mostly just like to watch you struggle. And uh, <coughs> so Ray was kind of the guy that switched that all around. And, and he, he, no, he did, he did charge you to, 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 to get his knowledge, but, but he would share his knowledge. And, and it really helped change my view on horsemanship. I, I didn't really like horses and didn't like working with horses back then because it was always a struggle and a kind of a fight. And, and he showed me that there was a better way. And, and uh, I, I kind of smiled at the picture because I remember that clinic. Uh, I, I'd had this kind of touchy little filly. That, and, uh, and the way Ray did it, he'd get you all in a round pen and everybody had to saddle their colt at the same time. And so I remember that, that I had just thrown the saddle on this filly and I was reaching under to grab the cinch and cinch her up. First time she'd ever been saddled. And a gal next to me had just, had just pulled the cinch on her colt. And it blew up, went to bucking. And instead of holding on to it, she just pitched the lead rope. And her colt bucked right over the top of me and over the top of my horse. So mine, my horse scattered. Saddle fell off, scared her. And it took me about another hour to get her saddled after that. But I remember that because in that one picture with, with me and Ray, I'm, I'm sitting on this colt, and, and it's, you can tell by the colt's expression that, that it's not really uh, enjoying this process very much. And, I, and I, there's a big grin on Ray's face, and he's got his flag, and he's ready. And he'd love to do that. He'd, he'd get you on your colts and then start whipping his flag around and get you moving. And, and I think I think we set a record at that clinic for a number of people that got bucked off in, in a morning. Um, luckily, I wasn't one of them, but but I I remember that fondly. But when I look back on on the biggest influence in my horsemanship, it, it would have to be it would it would it would have had to been Ray, and it would have started about then. And through the years, then there's been a lot of other influences in 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 my horsemanship. Um, both good and bad, but but it got me to thinking about how we how we uh, kind of the way I see it, we're a product of those who who we've allowed to influence us, and we've been we've been talking in our family about influences and and 
Koi has had some some in, you know a little bit a little bit of issue with with some influences in his life, and I'm proud of him because he's he's made some changes and and he's and he's uh, made some decisions to create some better influences in his life, <clears throat> and I think that's kind of what the message is today. We're we're all a product of who we who we've allowed to influence us. My uh, you know a lot of a lot of the way I act and the what I do is is obviously an influence of my parents and the way I was raised. Um, <clears throat> we we have a responsibility. There's there's two sides when 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 we're thinking about Christianity and and influence. And the first one is is who we're going to allow to influence us. When I quit drinking, I had to clean house with most of my friends, okay, because they they were not influencing me the way I needed at that moment. Um, and I'm not blaming it on them. I was allowing myself to be influenced. It wasn't their fault. It was mine. <clears throat> but I had to get rid of those influences in my life in order to change and in order to grow and in, in order to move on. And so when I look back up on my life, there was a lot of times when, when I was allowing influences in my life that, that weren't real healthy and, and weren't real good for me. Um, and that's what we're, we as parents are trying to avoid with Koi. And, and I'm so thankful that, that his basketball coach is here today, and she's a believer because she influences him heavily on, on things. And, and it's just, it's, I'm just grateful for that because anytime we can have people around our children who are leading them down the right path, um, it's going to help. He got to go uh, shoot, try to shoot some coyotes with Caleb the other night. I'm not sure Caleb's a good influence, but <laughs> but he is a believer, so I got hope. <laughs> Things like that, you know, we need to we need to do that. And so the first thing as Christians is we got to make sure that we surround ourselves with people who who influence us in a positive way. Um, and godly people, because that's who really should be influenced. So our biggest influence on our life should be Jesus Christ and and uh, and the Father, <clears throat> because that's that's the only way we're going to ever get saved, and that's the only way we're ever going to stay down the right path of righteousness. And uh, <clears throat> so, who who we allow to influence us is a decision that we make. Okay, and it's pretty easy to. Really, it's pretty easy, you know, to to notice if if the influence is coming from the devil or if it's coming from God. It's pretty easy, and and we just have to decide if we're going to let the world dictate that or if we're going to. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, as Christians, we have to think about how we're influencing other people, and because we are every day when we're around people, we're influencing them, whether we like it or not, and. And so we have to we have an extra we have to be extra diligent in in making sure that the way we're influencing people is the right way, God's way, not not the world's way, because we don't follow the world anymore. We follow God, and that and that's two completely different paths. So uh, we have a big responsibility, all of us here, and and that's why I I continually thank God the day that I walked through these doors about six years ago because it allowed a change in the way that I was influenced. Um, I was letting the world influence me too much before then. And uh, now that I'm around godly people, you guys, it's, it's, 
it's a whole lot different, and it's it's just such a blessing to have that. <coughs> so, in Matthew five. Verse 13, this is Jesus talking. You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. What Jesus is saying is that we, when we follow him, uh, we, uh, we're, we're the light of the world, okay? And we get, we get to choose whether we're going to shine that light and influence other people with that light or whether we're just going to let it dim and fade. We're the salt of the earth. If we have no flavor, we're not influencing anybody for the better, okay? So, you know, we... we uh, in this ministry, we're not big on just staying where we are. Um, we're, we're trying to push growth. I need to grow for sure. Everybody needs to grow. <coughs> and so we keep pushing for that. So this week, try to, try to, try to dwell on those two things. Who's, influence, who's your biggest influence in your life? Who's in, who are you allowing to influence you? And how are you going to go out and influence people for Jesus Christ? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the, today and the moisture that you that you uh, generously give us. Thank you for all the people here that that believe in you, Lord, and and uh, just want to do your work. Ask that you give us the instruction through Kevin, through your Word, to go out and do that. Ask that you be with all the veterans and all the people who who have fought to preserve our freedom in this country, so that we can worship you. Ask you to be with all those that are striving to, to, uh, to find you, Lord, in this world, and, and uh, give them the strength to, to not let the, the world influence them, but only you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. I love the seasons, the, ca- the cowboy seasons. And, and right now the season is, is uh, weaning and shipping time and preg checking time. And it, it's, you know, it, it's not the only way to do it, but most of the ranchers around here and other parts of the country, it, it's just what you do. Now, if you don't know what weaning a calf is, which I'm 99% sure that all of you do, but when you wean a calf, you pull it off of its mom so that uh, it goes from drinking a lot of milk to eating, you know, solid food. And, and we've been weaning out at the ranch and, and I, uh, Ty has a sadistic little grin whenever he puts all the weaned calves right in front of my house, right by my bedroom. For the first three nights I couldn't sleep. And now that they're not mooing anymore, I can't sleep. I'm like, they must be out. They must be out. Right. But, but to watch a weaned calf, when you pull it off of its mom, um, there, there's a couple of things that, that happen. And, and I, I open up my, my windows and I, and I watch these calves and I watched them pretty hard for the first couple of days. Cause you know, they've been known to crawl through fences, trying to get back to their moms and, and all of that. But I'm watching these calves and, and the first thing they do is, is they're, they're kind of confused. I mean, a big part of their life has been taken away from them 
in the, you know, they're right there beside mama the whole time. And even if, you know, as they get a little older, they get a little bit more independent and they may wander off, but you know, all she has to do is moo or it does. And then they're right back together. And, and now mama's not around and you can see them kind of standing out there, you know, just like, well, I don't really know what to do. Nobody, nobody's here to tell me what to do. And so, you know, they, they spend a, a time, a, a kind of a confusing time. The other thing that they do is they get restless. I mean, they'll just sit there and they'll, they'll walk the fences. They, they, they won't just drop their head and eat. They'll, they'll just, they'll walk and then they'll, they'll kind of get a little whiny and complainy. I, don't, I know nobody in here has ever been whiny and complainy. And, 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 and do a little bawling and just at all hours of the night, you know. But, but that's what happens whenever you wean a calf, okay? And it's important. Now, if you've ever been on an outfit, uh, well, you probably have never been on an outfit, but you've seen people that don't wean their calves, it's a wreck. I mean, you, you've got, a, you've got a, a mama cow right here. She's just had a new baby, and you've got a 700-pound yearling now still nursing her and kicking the new calf off. I mean, there's a reason that we do this. We're not just trying to, you know, like, ooh, look, we're going we're gonna to be really mean to cows and take them away from their mamas. No, it's, it's beneficial. It's, it's part of the growing up process. And so uh, there's also... Even though we wean cows for a purpose, the Bible says that we too should be weaned. The Bible says that we too should be weaned off of milk and onto solid food. In Hebrews chapter 5, 12 and 13, the writer of Hebrews says this. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, You need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Now, you know, if you're kind of new to this Christianity thing and and, and you're just, you're still unsure, you've got a lot of questions, this isn't for you, okay? But this this is sure for those of you that, that, have, that have been baptized, those that have been following God, that they know their Bibles, okay? That they, they aren't beginners, okay? This message is for you. And, and even if you are new to Christianity, or maybe you just don't know if you're into it or not, you can still listen and get something out of it because there's a growth process, okay? There's a growth process. But he says here, uh, for someone who lives on milk is still an infant, You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. Now, obviously, he's making an analogy or symbology or, I don't know, some ology word or something, a simile or a metaphor or something like that. He's not really talking about milk and solid food. But what is he talking about when he says of needing milk, that little stuff? What is milk teaching? I want to tell you that I was really shocked by what I learned today or learned in preparing for this sermon. If you would have asked me this question before without me studying, I don't think I would have given you the right answer. What is milk teaching? Or, you know, what are the simple things of of what the Bible calls 
in, you know, stuff that infants need, baby Christians, what they need. I honestly don't know that I would have been able to tell you correctly what that infant teaching is. So I know you don't want to hear what Kevin thinks because Kevin probably would have gotten it wrong. Not got one or two right. But let's look and see what the good book says is milk teaching. And you found that in Hebrews chapter six, just a few verses down, starting in verse one. So let us stop going over the basic teaching about Christ again and again. He didn't say, let's not talk about Jesus anymore. He never said that. He said, let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Let us grow up a little bit. Come on. Let us grow stronger. Let us put the baby bottle down and pick up a stake. Okay. That's what he's saying here. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance. And now he's fixing to start listing what those simple milk teachings that infants need. Surely we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds placing and placing our faith in God. Would you have called that a milk teaching? You don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And so God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. Man, th think about that. What the good book calls stuff that is for infants is repentance, faith, baptism, prayer, eternal life for believers, and judgment to come for unbelievers. That's infant stuff. And yet, how often are those the only things that are preached in churches today? I'm not saying that they're not important. They're vastly important, especially for young believers that are just coming, maybe for the lost. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But for those of you who have been around the pasture that can take the outside, that have the skill set, the knowledge and the training to go further, to grow up, we must move on from these basic teachings and start moving on to more mature things. That verse 3 in Hebrews 6, verse 3 says, And so, God willing, we will move forward to further understanding. To further understanding. See, I think, as a matter of fact, I know, some of you, if not all of you, that have been following God for a long time, you have something going on inside of you. It's kind of like an itch that you can't scratch. Somebody might ask you what's wrong, but you're not able to tell them. It's just something that seems a little bit off, but you're praying, you're reading the Bible, you've repented, you know, um, um, you believe in eternal life and, and you have faith in God, yet somehow you're just unsettled. There's something inside of you that you just can't put your finger on but you're just a little bit confused. 
you're a little bit restless. Some of you might even be a little whiny and complainy about it. Let me tell you what that is. It's hunger for solid food. It's hunger for solid food. God has you in that weaning process. He's saying it's time to go from milk to meat, cowboy. Done a good job over here. Man, you got that good foundation of repentance and faith and baptism and prayer and eternal life for believers and eternal judgment for for unbelievers and all of that stuff. But it's time to take the next step, cowboy. See what that you're feeling when you're weaned is a hunger. Is a hunger. And there's only one thing that can fill it. We must, in Hebrews chapter 5... 12, or actually this is verse 14, Hebrews chapter five, verse 14. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Now I kind of read a paragraph and then I jumped forward and then I kind of came back. Let me read all of that together. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again, the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. See, that hunger that you have I'm not going to say that this is all of the different types of hungers that we have, but when we're being weaned and when we're being asked to grow, when we're being asked to step out, one of the first hungers that we can identify with through God's word is a hunger for righteousness. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says this, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let us hunger for the truth. Let us hunger for justice and mercy. Let us hunger for right living and the rewards that come with it. That's what righteousness is. Blessed are those who hunger for righteousness. It's right living, not living the way the world says, but living the way God says. If you're feeling confused, if you're feeling restless, if you've just got something inside of you that, that you just, you haven't been able to put your finger on and you've tried to satisfy it with a lot of other things. I'm telling you that that's a hunger for righteousness that, that God is calling you towards because he's weaning you off of milk. Let us hunger for right living and the rewards that come with it. Listen, there are rewards for living righteously. Okay, there's rewards in this life and there's rewards in the next life. This life, Jesus says, my peace I give you, not the way the world gives. I mean, if you want peace, that's one of the rewards of living like God tells us to live. 
is peace in our heart. And then he talks about having joy. He talks about having wisdom. There's maybe not hundreds, but there's a lot of rewards waiting for us, not in the next life, but in this life right here. And I think that every single one of you believers that's been going on for a while now, I think you're hungry for it. But yet a lot of us, man, we go over there and we, we smell the steak and then we go back to the baby bottle. But there's reward. You know, the other thing is, how about this one? I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus promises to the believers, to those that are mature. See, that's the difference in, in, in immature and, and, and mature is that, you know, the immature. Yeah, you're saved. Yeah, you're going to heaven, but only the mature get to reap all the benefits in this life and in the next. There, it says those will be awarded the crowns of life. Not everybody's going to get that crown. Okay? Listen, I'm sorry to tell y'all this, but there ain't no participation crowns. Okay? You don't get the ribbon just because you said you believe. Now, you may get to heaven because you believed, but you're not going to get those big trophy buckles. And I want those buckles. And if you don't want the rewards, you don't want the life. Give me the rewards. I want all of those. I want the Geico belt buckle. You know what I mean? Like, give me that big one. I, I, I want to work that hard that I, I get that big buckle. I want that crown of life. I want that trophy buckle. I want abundant life. I want joy. I want peace. I want perseverance. I want steadfastness. Do you? If so, maybe you're hungry for righteousness. We also have a hunger for a new life. Second Corinthians 5.17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Let me ask you a question. You know, a, a lot of times with baby Christians, with infants, you don't see a real big difference between their old life and their new life. Okay? The, really not much has changed other than their faith. Okay? The real change starts to take place when we mature. Because I, I didn't say that. The Bible did. Because it said solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Just because you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior doesn't mean that anything has really changed in your life. But if you want a new life, if you want to be a new creation, we must move on from milk and on to solid food. Let us hunger for a new hill to cross, for a new river to sit down beside. Man, we got to leave that old life behind. And mature Christians will leave that old life of, of being real close to mama or the things that were important to us in this world and go out on our own where it's just us and God and find a new hill to cross, a new river to ford. That's what I want. Let us hunger for new adventure. Let us hunger for new adventure. Have you ever been around one of those people that, that you hear the same old stories time after time after time, they never have a new one? Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with old stories. But is that all we have? Are we not making any new stories? We must hunger for a new adventure free from guilt. Or guile to know that we don't have to worry about our sins of the past that we've been forgiven and we've been given a new life.
Do you hunger for that new life? Let us hunger for new stories of life and passion and purpose. Only those that are weaned and are mature that have gone from the baby bottle to the medium rare steak. Not that (laughs) that's mine and Ty's deal. He likes shoe leather. I like, you know, I like juicy meat. He likes to eat soles of boots. He likes it minus. How do you like your steak cooked? Minus E. coli. <laughs> oh, the third thing that we should hunger for is a hunger for freedom. A hunger for freedom. You know, one time Jesus got up and preached in a synagogue. That's a fancy word for a Jewish church. Jesus himself got up to preach. Man, I, I, I would love to have been there for that. To be able to sit there and look upon God's only son, a perfect being, the word of God made flesh. He gets up there and begins to preach. Let me read you his sermon. In Mark or Luke chapter four, then Jesus stood up and read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, and that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And he rolled up the scroll and sat down. He was reading from Isaiah chapter 61. Man, wouldn't you have liked to have been there? Don't y'all wish I only preached for 12 seconds? <laughs> Amen, right? But he was perfect. I'm not. It takes me 30 minutes to say what Jesus said in three sentences. Okay. But that that was Jesus's whole sermon. And he says right there, he has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released. That the blind will see. And that the oppressed will be set free. And the day of the time of the Lord's favor has come. Let us hunger for the freedom from the wants and cares of this world. So many of us are so, I mean, think about it. What do you do? Probably 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week. You work at a job so that you can have a place to live and and clothes and food to eat. And, And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but we worry about what's more about what's in our garages, in our corrals and, and in our closets Things that, that will not make it out of this world. Yet we, we spend all of this time on material things when God said, man, don't worry about those things. Worry about things that are eternal. Let us hunger for freedom from the wants and cares of this world. Let us hunger for eyes to see the truth. I don't know if, you know, in today's day and age, man, we're bombarded by very, very little of the truth and mostly about what people say are facts and truths. Well, the truth of the matter is, no, it's not. We have come to a place in our society where, where opinion is mistaken as fact, where opinions are, are masqueraded as truths. doesn't happen. Don't you hunger for eyes to see the truth? Let us hunger for the tether to be cut so that we can fly for we will soar on wings like eagles. We shall run and not grow weary. 
We will not stumble and fall. Is that what you long for? Or do you want to just keep stumbling around all the time, falling down, same old, same old, same old, same old, same song, different verse? Let us hunger for righteousness, hunger for new life, hunger for freedom, and hunger for a better life. Hunger for a better life. Hebrews chapter 6 again, verse 9. Dear friends, that's you. Dear friends, that's you. Dear friends, that's you. Even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. Now, what's he talking about? Remember, he's talking about infant Christians. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things. Things that come with salvation. You know, salvation is that touchy subject. Because we are saved the moment we believe and confess with our mouths that, we, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. But yet, it also says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Because at the same time, we are at once saved, but we are still working out our salvation. Okay? I mean, if you decided today, guess what? I'm going to be a cowboy today. You don't know nothing about cowboy. And today, you can start being a cowboy. You can say, from today forth, I'm going to be a cowboy. Well, guess what? You're a cowboy now, but you can't do everything cowboys do, right? That's kind of what that means. You're saved from day one, but but you still got a lot of work to do to become saved, to be the epitome of what it means to be of, of what salvation is. But we need to hunger for a better life. And it says it's waiting for us right there. Dear friends, even though we are talking this way, we really don't believe it applies to you. We are confident that you are meant for better things. He's talking to you. You're meant for better things. Let us hunger for the better things in life. Let us hunger for things made by God and not by man. Man, forget the cars and the trucks and even the saddles and the horses and and all of that stuff. Let us grab hold of things that are eternal. Let us hunger for things that cannot be destroyed by moth and rust, but by the things that are eternal. You know, I have a saying here at Save the Cowboy. And a lot of people look at me like a, like a cow that's fixing to get on the hook whenever I say it. Because a lot of people are guilty of this. And if you're guilty of it, I'm not pointing my finger at you. I've heard it so many times, but I just need to set the record straight once and for all. A lot of people leave here and come here for the same reason. Well, I just wasn't getting fed. They, they leave here and they tell other churches, you don't think I don't hear that back? Well, I just wasn't getting fed. And then somebody shows up and I'm like, oh, you know, how'd you find us? Well, I was going to this other church, but I just wasn't being fed. Listen. If you expect me to feed you, you're going to starve to death. Okay? If you expect me to feed you, you're going to starve to death. My job is not to feed you. I am not the bread of life. Jesus is. My job is to introduce you to the man that died on the cross for your sins. Because on that day, 
either when he comes back or when your heart stops beating for the last time, you're going to stand up in front of God and answer for the things that you've done. And he, God is going to look for one thing in your life. Is Jesus there? That is not my responsibility. It's yours. Your faith in God and your belief in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is your responsibility. There will be no explanations and no excuses when you stand before God. And that's the only requirement for heaven. Because whenever you've accepted him and you're clothed in his blood, your sins have been washed free. You're going to stand there. You're going to be like, hi, God. And he's going, well, hello, son. Come on in here. But yet that one that doesn't know him, they're going to say, well, who are you? Get away from me for I knew you not. See, my job is not to feed you, but to show you where the bread of life is. I hope that my job is to whet your appetite. I want your mouth to water for righteousness, for a new life, for better things, for freedom. That's what I want to do today, but I cannot give it to you. Only Jesus can. Are you hungry for a new life with new opportunities? Are you hungry for freedom from the chains that you know have been weighing you down? And are you hungry for a better life? Then let us go to more solid food. Because I've talked with you at length about this hunger that you've been feeling, this thing that you can't quite put your finger on, but you know it's there. And you've tried these other things. You've tried the faith and the repentance and the prayer. And all of that is wonderful. It's blessed. But it hasn't really satisfied what's happening within you. But I'm not going to leave you wanting and the Bible doesn't leave us wanting either. Because the Bible goes on to tell us what the solid food is. In Hebrews chapter 6, starting in verse 10. For God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you have worked for him and how you have shown your love to him by caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain, in order to make certain what your hope for will come true. Now, what did he say? Did you find the solid food in there? That you have shown your love to him for caring for other believers as you still do? That you'll keep on loving others as long as life lasts. See, Jesus summarized this passage up perfectly in Mark chapter 12, verses 30 and 31. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the solid food. That's the solid food. Now, just so that there's no confusion, maybe I can try to sum up the difference between milk and solid food. Milk is the belief that we have inside of us, the faith, the repentance, all of that stuff. Okay. Milk is the believing. Solid food is the action. Solid food is the action. Milk is is the talk. Solid food is the walk. Do you walk the walk or just talk the talk? 
Does what you believe show up in how you live? If you've been feeling restless, it's probably because God is trying to wean you off of the milk. Not to say that it's not important. It's vastly important. It's the foundation, but we can't stop there. Moving on to solid food means your faith becomes action. That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. No explanations, no excuses, no ifs, and no big buts. Okay? And all of us have been guilty of having some big old buts. But this, but that, but this, but that, but this, but that. Uh Uh-uh. No big buts in heaven. Okay? You say you believe this, then let God wean you and put you on solid food to create that new life inside of each and every one of us. You know, I had dinner the other night with my good friend. I call him my pastor, Jay Cope. Many of y'all have seen him In here, he's the one with cerebral palsy. He's the one that walked every single step on our trip to Israel. And he is wise beyond any human understanding. Not because of who he is, but because of his relationship with God. We sat down at a diner in Bennett, uh, Bennett, Colorado, and he ordered a chicken fried steak. And then he asked me, He said, I sure would like to eat that steak, but I have a really hard time using a fork and a knife at the same time. Would you cut that up for me? And I I said, dude, I would be like, seriously, nothing would make me happier. I mean, I felt like he blessed me by asking me to do that for him. And I cut it up and we were talking about Jesus being the bread of life. And in the words of my dear friend, he looked at me and he said, People usually don't want to live on bread. They just want a snack. And Jesus doesn't give out snacks. You're either going to live on the bread or you're going to still just be on milk. And that hunger inside of you, I know you felt it. I know you know what I'm talking about. That's a hunger for righteousness. It's a hunger for freedom. It's a hunger for a new life. And it's a hunger for the better things that's waiting on those that will move from mere theology into action. Will that be you? Have you been feeling confused and restless? Maybe you're just being weaned by God. And it's time to step it up. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, thank you for making us your sons and daughters. But even sons and daughters must grow up, and that means we must be weaned off of the milk and on to solid food. Let us not forget what we believe, but use this belief to spur us on towards action. God, we want to ride for your ranch and gather the strays and and be riding for the brand. But we must be strong on steak and taters and bread in order to do the job you've called us to. Don't let us be seen loping out across your pastures with a baby bottle full of milk. It just ain't right for cowboys. God, we love you. And we thank you for sending your son to die on the cross that we might be able to ride for that brand. And I pray that all of us will grow into a maturity and get weaned when we're ready. And some of those are ready starting today. 
And it is by the power of God and by the Holy Spirit that we are able to grow. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.